Dr. Roberto Miranda. So that's your name. I've waited so long to be properly introduced. I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> I had a friend at school named Miranda. <laughs> Anita Miranda. And they were from St. Esteban. Maybe you're related. They were a very respectable family. Many of them were doctors. Do you know Anita? Yes? No? Hmm? That's right. That was my tactic, too. Admit nothing. Well, Anita and I, we were going to be doctors. Just like you. You don't recognize me? should you? It's been forever. My hair was different then. Very light brunette. Almost red. Very long. No? I'm not surprised. What time didn't change, I have. I didn't want you to recognize me. <laughs> I didn't want to recognize me. Still don't know. I'm hurt. But I was touched when I found this in your car. Let's listen to it. For old times' sake. This is the Blind Rage Podcast, and Brandon's not here right now. I just asked Toby, dumb fuck. <laughs> Hi, Toby. <laughs> and this is uh, Tony the Tiger, the thunder from a down under. And it's such a tragedy. And those lips. <laughs> so this week... On the Blind Rage Podcast, we are doing Death and the Maiden, which is a favorite of both Tony and myself, and it stars the wonderful Sigourney Weaver and Ben Kingsley and Stuart Wilson. We only yes. have a, th a trio ensemble. 
So how do you like them apples? Which I kind of now now that you've said it, I feel like that the opening violinist, the strings, should have been a trio. No, it's a quartet. Fine. Yeah, I realize, but <laughs> it it would have been more apt for the film. It would have been. But these things um, happen. These things happen. All right. Okay, but before we get into anything, I'm just going to get the plugs quickly out of the way. I would like to encourage everybody to please check out my books on Amazon.com. By typing in Brandon Ford, uh, you'll find several of my titles available in Kindle, hardcover, and paperback editions. You can also subscribe to my Amazon author page to receive email notifications whenever I have a new release. I also have several titles available in audiobook format, which you can find on Audible. There you can also subscribe to me to receive notifications whenever I have a new release. If you don't already, please follow me on Instagram at writerbrandonford. I'm also inactive on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Brandon Ford. Tony, give yours. Uh, on Letterboxd, I am Tony underscore the underscore bear. And on Twitter, I am Madonna Horror. And um, if you haven't already, please drop by the official Blind Rage podcast Facebook page to like and subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, suggestions, recommendations, feel free to email me directly at blindragepod81 at gmail.com. Most importantly, please don't forget re to re rate, review, and subscribe to the Blind Rage Podcast on your preferred podcasting platform. And by the time this is posted, this episode is posted, this will be old news, but the Blind Rage Podcast is now available on both Amazon Music and Audible. So you can check us out there. Well, you're saying it officially. <laughs> Officially, yeah. Well, well, I I kind of said it officially when I um, I promoted this the our, the most recent episode. <laughs> so not not verbally though. Not verbally. All right, no. all right. Okay. I was trying to give you so, one out. <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't. I I don't do. You don't make things. excuses. I'd rather. I, no, I don't. I'd rather come clean and just look You're guilty. Like and... I don't want any goddamn excuses. Oh. That's the first time I've ever been compared to RuPaul, and I'm not <laughs> sure I have a feel about that. But what have you been watching lately? I've watched a fair bit. Uh, as you know, I, I've been traveling. <laughs> so I've had access to a bit of uh, airplane movies. And... Um, one of them that I watched, and I kind of like had a bit of a shock moment watching it. Um, it's a very light-hearted J-Lo comedy from like the, oh, the aughts called Monster-in-Law. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, uh, yeah, and we talked about it before. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> because I, that was a movie that my unesthetically pleasing X made me watch and I was like Jesus Christ if Jane Fonda was not in this I would have to kill myself <laughs> well there is a scene and I'm just gonna <laughs> go over it with you because I just found it like oh my god um, 
where Jane Fonda is uh, interviewing like a Britney Spears clone. And uh, she's getting a bit angry during the interview because she had just gotten fired. And um, she says to her, you're like, you're influencing a whole generation of kids that they won't know how to vote for a president or understand the significance of Roe v. Wade. And I'm like, this has all come true. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, was, I just found oh, it like God. a, you know, a case of uh, comedy plus time equals tragedy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I watched a couple of videos recently detailing about how Jennifer Lopez is an awful, awful human being, and God knows there's <laughs> more than a few of those out there. But I'm just hoping that she pro she had a diva fit on the set of that movie, and Jane just put her right in her fucking place. Oh, okay, okay. Because you know she would. Because she put um, fucking Lindsay Lohan in her place during Georgia Rule. Yeah. Well, Jane's a professional. Um, she is. The other movie that I watched on the plane <laughs> was mm -hmm. uh, a horror movie that you've seen called Smile, mm. um, which I didn't mind. It was fine enough, you know. It was uh, it wasn't bad. Um, I thought it was completely forgettable. It was kind of one of those. It was very much like many others, but you know, it was fine enough to sit through and. Okay. Yeah, I remember it being very similar to It Follows. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it reminded me a bit of It Follows, and there was another one. I think it was um, uh, Truth or Dare, where they were, these kids were being followed around by like a ghost, and uh, yeah, but yeah, it It Follows was the big one that it reminded me most of. But I did kind of maybe I was reading too much into it. I kind of liked the concept of um, grieving people having to force a smile on themselves. Uh, but it didn't really delve into that, but that was kind of an idea that I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. And how about yourself? Um, well, I had a couple of revisits, so I'll get those out of the way quickly. Last night, I revisited a movie that I actually did as a solo as a solo commentary for the podcast, um, and that was Better Watch Out. And um, I I obviously really like the movie. If I you know did a commentary for it, um, but I revisited it last night specifically because I finally tracked down an audio described version and um, while I was able to follow it pretty well the first time and I was able to fill in the holes with the plot summary on Wikipedia um, it um, um, I I really enjoyed it a lot more this this time because there were like subtle things that I didn't know had happened um and um yeah I, I i think that is one of the better movies that had come out of the previous decade and is that an australian one it was yeah an australian christmas the, one oh, okay uh, yeah yeah um 
and um, yeah, Virginia Madsen and Patrick Warburton. The only oh yeah, and you were saying that she was struggling with the door handles. <laughs> with the door handles because they're was too that, high. Was that an Aussie audio description or is that an American voice? No, it was American because mm-hmm. uh, I believe Fox Searchlight distributed it. Yeah. Um, so, so I revisited that. And still, well, more thumb thumbs up higher. We'll say I liked it more. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I watched another movie that I hadn't seen in a very very long time. And Jesus Christ, does it not hold up at all? And that was Dracula Dead and Loving It. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Oh boy! Not I still good. enjoy that movie. <laughs> not not good. Well, I think the only reason to watch it is Peter McNichol. Yeah, he's, he's funny, the funniest though, yeah. thing in it. Um. Uh, but other than that, the jokes were. Just, oh. <laughs> you um, could grate them over your pasta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not good, uh, not good. The last time I watched that, it was actually uh, um, Matt and I had gone on a trip to uh, the tropics, and uh, we were at a um, uh, like a motel type of thing, and uh, it had a DVD player, and in the front lobby they had all of these DVDs, and that was one of them. So we watched it. Hmm. <laughs> it didn't spoil your trip. <laughs> or <Well>, postcoital. <laughs> oh, okay. They were right. So instead of a cigarette, you sucked on <laughs> Leslie Niels. <laughs> You're nuts. Uh, um, and last night I watched another something else that I downloaded from Audio Vault that I thought was a feature, but apparently it's not. I don't even know what the fuck to call it because um, it was only forty-seven minutes. Uh, but it was called Consent. Okay. And it was um, a modernized take on a very old plot that has been utilized quite a bit. And it was about... Um, it was an English production, and it was about a a very... Uh, a posh uh, high school that up, up until recently was an all boys school and uh, they just started letting in girls and mm-hmm. one of the girls was she was a black girl and she was kind of from a lower middle class family and but she accelerated in school and um, she was, you know, she had friends. She was popular or whatever. But the the boys were all awful. Mm. And it kind of had echoes of Carrie 2 in that there was this group of boys who had a group chat called Sluts and Stuff that they would communicate to each other on. And they would say how many points... Uh, a certain girl would get them if 
uh, they bedded down with her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they did, they did the the, um, the group chat thing in a very interesting way because a lot of it was centered around the main character and his response to the group chat. But so instead of you know showing the text or the phone on the screen, the other actors were sitting next to him and talking like they yeah. were in the same room. Um, and there was even an interesting moment where they were watching the same porno clip together and masturbating all at the same time. <laughs> and God. in the movie, they were all next to each other. Um, See, I was imagining sure was... like like a Brady Bunch. <laughs> no, screen all no, 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 <laughs> no. They were all no. they were actually in the room. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So. It's a um, it takes place at a, at a a a party, eighteenth birthday party. There's this which is a the main character is a um, twin. Uh, mm-hmm. He and his sister are having their eighteenth birthday party, and the sister is close friends with. Uh, I don't want to keep referring to her as the black girl, but I can't remember her character's name. Um, um so uh the main the twin and her god i'm a terrible human being um he and or she and the twin the male twin have a, yeah. a bit of a thing they're starting to like each other and <clears throat> they're drinking a lot at the at the party and one thing I really hate in these modern movies that involve teenagers is party scenes because they have to break out the contemporary music and contemporary music is awful. Um, so I can't what happens? <laughs> I, I, I can't. I hate contemporary music, <laughs> pop music. Um, but um, yeah, so what happens is they drink a lot and... Um, he carries her upstairs and they close the door and you don't know what happens in the room. Yeah. And he comes to see her the next day and she's kind of troubled. And, um, he says something like, you know, I want you to know that it last night wasn't just about last night. I really like you. And she's like, "What? What do you mean?" And she, did we have sex? And he's, "Yeah." Don't you remember? She's like, "No." And he's like, "You're kidding. You were drunker than I was." And she was like, "Oh no, I was drunker than you. Sorry." Um. So she blacked out. Doesn't remember anything. Mm. And it turns into a big thing and you know it snowballs from there um but i i was kind of disappointed that it ended when it did because i thought it could have gone a lot of different places um so but yeah like i said it was only about 47 minutes long um it was decent and there um were some (laughs) things that i wish that i could have seen because they're with her 
like the the ending was a like a it did ain't like <laughs> it's not a part one of a part two is it or something like that i don't think so okay yeah no because i wikipedia it but yeah. the the boys are on a rugby team and there's some scenes in a locker room and Ooh. at a group shower and um the audio description says that one boy flashes another. And I was like, see, this is this is why being visually impaired is not fun at mm -hmm. all. <sighs> Wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Um but um So I don't know where to find that one if you want to watch it, because I think it premiered on what was that itv or tv4 uh, i don't think it was bbc yeah but it, it was on one of those british channels yeah we have a british and, um streaming service so i might see if it's on that hmm. oh yeah i'm sure you will because i mentioned that there's a rugby team in it <laughs> and a rugby i think team like a good a scrum time. yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay um, so we are going to watch Death and the Maiden, and it's probably on Prime, so. Oh, it's actually on YouTube. I saw it on a couple of oh, people's okay. channels. Yeah. I have it on YouTube, so you can watch it there if you would like to watch along. Give it a gander. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we are going to begin Death and the Maiden in three, two, one, play. Now, since you like this movie so much, and you like... Why are you all... Shut up. Since you like this movie so much, and movies in general that are very much uh like play based yeah i'm going to have to once again insist that you watch bug oh yes i've been meaning to and i i keep forgetting i yeah i think about it when i don't have access to like a paper to write down watch bug yeah <laughs> well yes you really need to watch it because if you if you like those kinds of movies and if you especially like ones that are dark like this it's bug is a lot darker than this yeah um but um yes i think you would like it um that's william friedkin isn't it yes is he still living i believe he uh, is cuz he i think so i think he li he liked the babadook I mean, that's sort of... Well, that was like oh, almost 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Oh, speaking of which, uh, I was watching a, a, a video just last night of this guy on YouTube who posts a lot of videos about um, upcoming movies to 4K and Blu-ray and special yeah. editions and boxes and stuff. He does a lot of unboxings. And he was talking about a a second sight box set of the Babadook and he was going through he was showing all his second sight um box sets because he just got Martin. What are second uh, sight box sets? 
second site is is like a boutique label that's out of the okay. UK. It's kind of like Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, yeah, they just put out the George Romero movie Martin, and he was he was saying that he was undoing an unboxing for it, and he was talking about other all his other second site sets that he got, and he said he uh, really liked the cover for the Babadook. Uh, <laughs> oh, and that upset me a little bit. Oh, well. No. Mm. <laughs> now. It just makes it seem like you haven't seen the movie. Like if you're. Well, people who have seen the movie yeah. don't know how to fucking say. Uh, Alright. Um, now, getting back to Death and the Maiden. Um, there are many, I really don't have anything negative to say about this movie. Yeah. Um, I think it is exceptionally well done and all of the performances are top tier, especially Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. And it's very, very well written. Um, and it's lines like uh, that are they're just little things like um when she says um how she hears him undressing and she's like um the whisper of his of him removing his clothes mm. things like that yes they're very uh visual words yeah yeah it's very very well written and um i also love her monologue of uh when she tells her husband about being sexually assaulted. Yeah. Um, oh, and I, when I was looking on YouTube earlier for some interviews and such, uh, found a, an interview from like four years ago. And it was from the director of a stage production in Canada. Okay. And they were doing it at a, a small theater, and they were doing a special, um, a special production on one date where they had a um, four-string quartet come out to do the whole "Death and the Maiden" before the play. Oh, okay. So that must have been nice. Yeah, I uh, watched this at a local theater as well. Um, after having seen, oh, the you film. saw the play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was oh, done by wow. it was they were more amateurish, but it was it was very well done. They were Oh, uh, so it was no Sigourney Weaver. No, not at all. Um but evidently that play ended as the as the actual play would have ended where you don't actually get a confession or anything out of Ben Kingsley character. Um it's Ah. Oh. There's not actually a formal formal resolution um in the play. Oh, well, I don't care for that at all. Uh, yeah, I, I liked how the movie did it. Um. Yeah, and I also like that it ends the way it begins. Yes, yeah. Um, but something that I will say is... Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad the end, that the movie has that ending, but also... Something that I remember reading, and this is, was a long time ago, and I couldn't agree more, is that um, 
Sigourney Weaver's uh, portrayal was so good, you'd actually doubt her conviction that you don't... Uh, whereas I feel like with the play, you're led to believe you're not sure whether she's imagining it or not. But yeah, I, never I was actually going to s- yeah. No, me neither. I was actually going to say, I was going to say that exact same thing. I remember the first time I saw this, there was not a doubt in my mind that everything she was saying was true mm. and that she was not crazy. Yeah, I believed her from the very beginning. Which might have been why the play uh, was done was open ended. But yeah, with this one. With how, yeah, <laughs> with her performance, it's like, yeah, you're guilty, Kingsley. <laughs> yeah. Well, and plus, not to take anything away from her performance, of course, but um, thankfully I've never been through a trauma like this. But the things that she says that she remembers are things that you would remember if you were in that situation. You would remember his voice. You would remember the kinds, his laugh, the kinds of cliches that he says, that he quotes Nietzsche. Nietzsche, yeah. You would remember all that. And it's that case of her being blindfolded that the other senses are enhanced as well. Yeah, they're all heightened. Yep. Plus, like, I feel that uh, Roman wasn't, was with the ending that is with this one. I think he did allow Ben Kingsley to have a few uh, fleeting glances where it showed that he looks guilty. Yeah. Like, there, there was a bit where he... Um, it, it's only minor, but, like, uh, when he's about to go to sleep on the couch, he sort of does this look around the room like that's suspicious. Hmm. Um, well, I, I found an interview with Ben Kingsley and he said that Roman was very, very hands-on with this movie and he had, he had a very specific vision and he, he knew exactly what he wanted and he even did things like rearranging the gravel, um, and making sure that the the blood drip on Ben Kingsley's <clears throat> head was perfect. Um, and he I have to get some water. And he really wanted um, Sigourney Weaver to not hold back at all, mm-hmm. uh, because, like for example, when she's tying him to the chair, she didn't want to hurt him. Really, yeah. so she yeah, was being yeah. gentle, and Roman was like, "No, no, no, no! You really got to go for it." And he, Ben Kingsley didn't care; he was like, "Just do whatever you want." Yeah. Um, has, has she done stage work before, Sigourney? I would assume she has. Okay. Oh, sorry, I know why I'm wondering this because because uh, <laughs> uh, you recently because uh, of Kelly Christopher, uh, one of the actors was a stage actor, so. Uh, <laughs> That's us. <laughs> Where that thought came from. I don't even remember. Who was a stage actor? The one, uh, the one who backhanded the actress many times over. Mm. That was more than likely a reference to something. Mm-hmm. 
I probably don't remember half the references in that book since I wrote it like five years ago. <clears throat> Once it's um, out of you, you don't care. <laughs> it's like, get out of the room. <laughs> um, another thing I thought that was interesting about the production of this movie that it was shot sequentially. Yeah, but for the ending and the beginning. But yes. Yeah, well. Yeah. And I think with a movie like this, it would have to be. Yeah, it builds. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that's the best way to do it for the actors. She said that at the end of every day, she was very, very emotionally drained. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Oh, another thing that I thought was really interesting and smart on... Roman's part was um, with Sigourney's character he imagined her as well I mean it's clear she's a survivor yeah but it, he imagined her as the kind of survivor who wouldn't be a shrinking violet after something like that yeah so he imagined her as something as someone who would never let this happen to her again. So he wanted her to really know how to use a gun. Well, so he yeah. made her take lessons at a gun range and how to really hold the gun. And the gun yeah. in the movie is a real Beretta. Yeah, it didn't have any bullets in it, but it was a real Beretta. Um. Well, even just then, what you were saying with her chucking out his dinner, that's like <laughs> her aggressive, aggressive coming her, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I she's think not that... going to stand there and let him bullshit her. You know? <laughs> yeah, no. Ex yeah, exactly. Nothing's been decided yet. I told the president I have to discuss it with you. You told our brand new president you had to ask my permission. But, like, uh, yeah, even looking around the room and their, you know, their taste in music, she seems to be someone who will get out of her victimhood through education. Like, she uh, is an intelligent woman. And, you know, um, will read up, you know, and, and wants to get out of her history and not let her influence who she is. But Well... I think she, her character is not the kind of person who will let things lie. She yeah. will poke and she will pride until she gets to the core of something, which is what she does with her husband when she's not getting the full answers out of him. Um, so if it's not doing something like removing his dinner... It's she's going to turn this into a full blown argument. Yeah, because she's she's not hearing what she knows to be the truth yeah. or the full truth. And with, and that with this, yeah. is part and parcel with you know Ben Kingsley's character too. And also, what's happening here is yeah, she feels so uh, uh, at a leash by the this uh, pseudo democratic government. <laughs> That she knows what is right and wrong, but knows that that's not going to really matter when the courts are corrupt. So that's probably also why yeah. she has a court case with Ben, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it it says, it shows that, you know, they're, they're, 
they're not under the dictatorship that they were when she was kidnapped. Um, so they're not under the under under a regime anymore. So but, it's but it's they still have miles yeah. to go before. Yeah, it, it's know, like uh, it's, um, like many um, I think uh, coming from <laughs> my background of Yugoslavians, that was a communist regime, and even though that has all split up, you can still see uh, elements of like I think Serbia recently had a. a, a a um, what's it fucking called? <laughs> Where you vote, an election, and like the you know the, it needs to really be uh, have third parties come along to verify its legitimacy. Because mm-hmm. it's still only like a twenty year democracy. It's it's not an old democracy at all. I hate that he put the chicken leg on the bed. <laughs> Just, oh. <laughs> Oh, and I, um, it was like a couple of weekends ago, speaking of Sigourney Weaver and her brilliance as an actress, I also revisited Copycat. Oh, because that's uh, on Disney now, I reckon. Is it? Yeah, I've been seeing it's on, uh, clips for I think it. It's on, yeah. I think it's on Tubi. I wouldn't trust if it's on Disney, because they cut shit. Oh, Okay. Fuck Disney. And Daphne. They covered Daryl Hannah's ass in Splash. And they cut Adventures in Babysitting. Get the yeah, fuck out. That, yeah. No, well, no, we watched no. E.T. and I think there still had guns in it. Which, unless that was something Stephen wanted to get rid of. I don't care for that. <laughs> And I really, I don't, I don't, I don't like this whole thing with going back and spit polishing movies the way that fucking James Cameron is doing. Mm. Although something that I wonder will happen in the future is um, if um, movies with problematic actors, if they'll start deep faking them out of a movie... Like that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I'm <laughs> coming. Because, you know, we're getting a little too woke these days. Like, like, let's say even the husband from the first Wives Club, you know. <laughs> well, having, they could easily, you know, CGI. Yeah, CGI else's someone else's face onto him. <laughs> I'm sure it won't look as... Anywhere near as amazing as the CGI bikinis in the VH1 <laughs> version of Showgirls. Exactly. But I would have loved, just with the scene, I would have loved to have seen them stay on Sigourney and see her uh, becoming more and more certain and emotional as their conversation's going on. I don't think she needed that much to be certain. You know, you see this, like, yeah, that. Oh, when you introduced yourself, I couldn't say anything. Then on the way home, I heard the news on the radio. 
should I say? Like, uh, I feel bad for actresses like Sigourney Weaver where I feel like they get a small window of opportunity to get an award, like an, an Oscar. And then sometimes that opportunity passes and then they never get it again. And it's like, oh, you should have given it to them when you had the chance to. Because <laughs> she, was she nominated for Working Girl? I I don't know if it was her or if it was Melanie Griffith. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. Anyway, I just want to tell you what a thrill. A real thrill. Because that was Melanie Griffith's movie. No, no, no. Yeah, but she, um, yeah, no, but uh, as in, I know it was in a supporting role. I'm sure you will. Yeah, maybe she got best supporting. I don't know. Um, and while I, I, I think she does very well in in Working Girl. I mean, her her performance is obviously a lot stronger here. Yeah, and even in movies like Copycat. Hmm. Well, this one, um, uh, um, that was how I found out about this movie, that it was good. Because <laughs> originally when I used to see it at the video store, I didn't like the cover. <laughs> it was just, it reminded me of other movies um, that I didn't like at the time, so I never really bothered to watch it. But it was actually in one of my sister's, uh, like, gossip magazines. They were talking about, I think it was, like, basically... Actresses and actors that were getting Oscar buzz, but not actually getting nominated. The nominations hadn't come around yet, and this was one of the movies. And it was looking at Sigourney Weaver, and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll, uh, I've been seeing that at the video store, so I might give it a watch. And I did, and I liked it. Um, I, I first heard about it. Um, it was on. It was the. Um, it was a trailer at the head of a VHS for another movie. I don't remember what it was. But it was something that I owned. Yeah. And I would watch the trailer and I was like, oh, I want to see that, but I don't know. I can't find it anywhere. Because my video store didn't have it. And then it finally came on, I believe, the Sundance channel. Probably like in the... Uh, not too long after it came out, maybe ninety six, ninety seven. Uh, I'm afraid my wife's almost asleep, but uh, she sends her thanks. This isn't really a movie no, that you hear people talk well, about. Much. No, no. She would have told me to go to bed. Bring it in the morning. It, it's a very niche movie. I I wouldn't say that it's underrated because it was very well received. Um, but it's definitely underappreciated. Well, I mean, it's it's a it is a movie that I can understand. Not everyone will want to go watch. It's so it, like it. It's so it's not one that I will recommend to everybody, but uh, the people who I know will like it will know will like it. <laughs> Oh, I don't do that. Well, it doesn't or I didn't. I didn't do that. I, I was just like, you're going to watch this fucking movie and you're going to like it because I said it's good, motherfucker. And then be like, did you like it? <laughs> At the end, of yeah, it. yeah, pretty much. 
I was oh, talking God. to a, a woman inquirer and she was saying how her friend sat them down and forced, like, and got them to watch, um, Requiem for a Dream. And, and like, at the mm. end, she went to a room and, like, cried for half an hour. <laughs> Just, That's one I want to do. I haven't actually seen it. And I, oh my God. I've been intending to watch it, but I do hear that it's quite a sad movie. So. It's more disturbing than it is sad and fucked up. Um, it, it definitely does leave you with a, uh, a downtrodden feeling because it's, it's, um, it's uh it's hopeless really yeah uh it's very bleak but it's also exceptionally well done um and if you're gonna if you're gonna see it make sure you see the director's cut because um uh me and another friend were talking about how i would like to see the movie the whale but also don't worry don't really it's a book is for similar reasons that I've been told, it's quite a sad process. Well, that is another movie that I downloaded from Audio Vault, and I was going to watch it last night, and then I chose Better Watch Out instead. Okay. I wonder so if this I'll is her driving. Probably not. Well, this looks like a very treacherous... Um, simply because I remember, I reckon it was on the, um, commentary, or it was trivia on the movie Heartbreakers, that it was revealed that, uh, Sigourney, being she's like a New Yorker, she doesn't really drive, so, like, there was a scene where she has to drive a car and she was really quite nervous about it. (laughs) Hmm. I didn't know she was a New Yorker. Yeah, I'm quite sure. <laughs> Maybe I should have. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I'll, I'll say I'm like 90% sure that that's what it said. It's a memory I have. It's like um, Molly Ringwald and Cut. And she didn't know how to drive the car. <laughs> yeah, but that was Australian. That's another one that we had to get to. We have a lot of movies that we have to get to. Yes. And I... Sadly, it's probably going to be the only movie with Kylie that we get to do. She needs to be more movies. Well, she... um, Actually, she has a... Put out a... She's guest appeared on a song that came out that... uh, I've been quite liking so. Um, she hasn't really done much by way of horror. <laughs> Obviously, no. sorry. I feel like that's not news to anyone. <laughs> but I did like a little, uh, you know, trivia was that in two movies in a row that she cameoed, she uh, uh, falls from a tall building and dies. <laughs> oh. She started out as an actress, right? From Neighbors? Yeah, yeah. And uh, her sister was the singer. Um, 
and every day, uh, uh, the story goes is that like at some neighbor's uh, rap party type of thing, um, they were doing karaoke and she sung Locomotion and someone liked it and they recorded it and that was it. And Danny is still bitter to this day. <laughs> I remember some comedian saying that uh, Danny gets the uh, plastic surgery and then Kylie decides if she likes it and then does it herself or not. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, um, getting back to what we were talking about earlier about showing people movies that we like um, regardless of whether they will <laughs> like them or not um, NX not the unesthetically pleasing one another one his f- God his favorite movie was The Last Unicorn oh what's that I feel uh, like I've heard I it, but not seen it. I don't even know. <laughs> it's an animated movie. Uh, um, it's like an animated... It's like a never-ending story type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, from Rosemary's Baby. Um, Mia Farrow. Mia Farrow does oh, the voice of the yes. unicorn. yes. I've not seen it, but um, yes, now I have heard of it, now that you're giving more information. And I was, I watched, well, I didn't watch it. Well, I technically, I, I watched, no, I mean, he, okay, it was on the television in front of me, and I think I was just zoning out the entire time, because I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, you wouldn't be able to tell it. No, and... I don't think um, I had any opinions whatsoever <laughs> after. Um, but thankfully, he's not somebody like myself who wants to know exactly what you think when you finish something. But um, interestingly enough, we watched another movie that I recommended. And and this was not too long after the fact that we watched The Last Unicorn. And I knew he how much he liked that movie and the book because he mentioned it several times. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were watching a movie that I had chosen and there was a scene in the library and he was like, wait a minute. And he got the remote and he rewound it and paused it, and on the shelf, right above the lead girl's shoulder, you could see the last unicorn, like, in plain view. Yeah. I thought that was kind of eerie. <laughs> no, I thought, it was like I it was coming was back to haunt me yeah. or something. Oh. It was like, remember me. <laughs> you gotta let people like what they like. I guess. Unless you're Roman Polanski, which gets shame on you. All right, stop that. We, we weren't going to go there. 
Well, I thought the theme of the movie went there for us. We'll be back in the morning. You'll see. Yes, but... A movie that I intended to watch but never got around to was um, The House of Sand and Fog. Simply because I... This was my first Ben Kingsley movie to watch. Yeah, I never saw Saving... Was it Saving Private or Schindler's List? Schindler's List. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, he was in that. Um, I never saw Gandhi. No. I'm surprised. We, uh, I've seen Schindler and then we watched it for high school as well. So. I don't think they... Um, they... I'm sure... My drama teacher would have loved to have made us watch it, but I think it was too violent. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very violent. I, I understand it, but it's a movie of... about the Holocaust. Yeah, but still, it's an important movie. Mm. Like, because uh, it's 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 a picture thirteen. No. Okay. It's art. It was it was M rated here, so if you're 15, you could watch it. I heard a rumor that you were making out during Schindler's List. <laughs> you don't like the movie? You have no idea what I'm referencing. In <laughs> no, I know, really uh, but <laughs> I would, I then referenced the English Patient episode where. <laughs> Oh, so I was like, I hate it. Load, I hate it. <laughs> but yes, I did know the. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, the you didn't reference. know the the one about the. No, no, man, I didn't. No, so no. I never know with you. I need to give it a rewatch. Start from the beginning and. What that episode or the English patient? No, from the very beginning. Uh, you know. Oh, the whole series. Yeah, I think I did start mm. watching it again, and I uh, and I do like the show, but I just um, yeah, I could do that because I do that in the mornings. I watch a sitcom, so I I I, I approve of that. <laughs> the nanny, not so much. Well, the first episode wasn't the Chinese one, was it? No, uh, the first episode. Is um, when the woman flies in, woman that Jerry met when he was on the road doing a uh, uh, that's, that's a set, and he uh, she flies in to stay with him, and he's unsure of whether she's interested in a relationship or not, and yeah. um, turns out she's engaged. I think. Um... The, the Chinese shop one, the re the restaurant one, was sort of the first one that, because um, I read a book about him, <laughs> about the show. <laughs> and oh, saying, Seinfeld, so it, yeah? Yeah, that one. And I think that was sort of saying that that was the first episode where the audience really cottoned on to what the show was going to be like. It's that it was, and like, it was, where they, it was almost like by that point they allowed themselves to find the premise funny. Because it was kind of, um, unique at the time to have a show about nothing. <laughs> One of my favorite lines is when um, the uh, the host tells 
Elaine that uh, Mr. Cohen's always here. He's always here. What does that mean? What does that mean? But the way she emphasizes that the first time and then she emphasizes mean the second time. What does that mean? Uh, the uh, restaurant owner, I think, is in the Guinness Records for having been in the most, uh, like, movie productions. I think that's true. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Poor Ben. Hmm. Did you ever watch um, The Ice Storm? No, you've asked me that like a oh, hundred times. <laughs> I've got a bad memory. <laughs> Clearly. You would never do like a... You could, you'd be terrible at, at press. Because <laughs> they ask the actresses like the same question over and over. <laughs> well, um, it did... It depends on how professional, you know, the per- the person interviewing you is. I mean, somebody, a, a, a real journalist would try to come up with something, you know, different and try to make the act or the the subject actually think or you know. But um, uh, 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 when I used to do um, interviews, text interviews for books when they first came out. These were not professional journalists, okay? Yeah. So I would get asked, where do you get your ideas? Yeah. A lot. And when somebody asks a writer that, it's like, are you fucking serious um no but um the bible there there's a there's a writer who i i i don't really care for because he's he seems really kind of up his own ass and he's very arrogant he's probably dead as i say this but um uh last time uh, run with ring no harlan harlan ellison yeah harlan ellison um he told the story once and I'm probably going to fuck it up because I heard him say it like one time. Um, but he gave a lecture or something or a reading at a college. And um, he took he did a Q&A. And, um, of course, one of the college students, where do you get your ideas? And he had this elaborate answer where he's like, well, once a month. I send $60 to this specific address and there's a person there who won't identify himself and he writes down all of these notes and he gives them to me and I review them and I decide whether or not I'm going to write a a story or a novel based on what is written. And it was like on and on and on and on. Mm. And it was very elaborate and believable, but you knew it was a joke unless you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. And... (laughs) 
The punchline is there was also an uh, signing. So some of the students brought up their books or wanted to get autographs or pictures. I'm pretty sure it was that same student came up to him and said, oh, by the way, can I get that address? <laughs> Why he was in college, I don't know. I've never heard anybody he might have gotten in on the, the name Anita, so... What? He might have been on the joke, the student. No, he wasn't. He was stupid. Um, what were we saying about Anita? Going to be doctors. I was saying I've never heard anybody pronounce her name so eloquently before. Yeah, my cousin, uh, yeah, uh, we just call her Anita. You know, it's mm. <laughs> it's a bit mm. more. <laughs> There's actually a frauditor with the last name Miranda who's always getting arrested. Oh, God. <laughs> and he uses vampire teeth. I don't know why. I think it's because he has no teeth. That's what I think. Either he has no teeth or his teeth are jacked up. But he frauds with vampire teeth. And he's always places that he doesn't belong. And um, he's always getting pushed out of places he doesn't belong. And he always, always, always says over and over and over again... Why are you touching me, bro? Oh, Why are you touching me, bro? Um, you're being touched because you don't belong here, so get the fuck out. Kind of amazed by how scared people are of insignificance. Well, we're in a society of snowflakes. <laughs> um, but it's also um, we're we're all, we're also in a uh, I think. A society that is more litigious than it's ever, ever been. Mm. So I was actually you know. discussing how, yeah, uh, with a friend how I feel that with a lot of American legislation and stuff, <laughs> it, it seems almost derived to be debated, and like that's where the uh, life comes from. Where it's like, oh, I want to. Uh, see if if there's like a legislation put out people then try to find loopholes around it like it's, it's almost like that's been put forward as a uh, something to battle I believe I told you on another or I told you in a conversation but I believe I told you during another commentary that because of this I I did um, listen I to some school. of Schubert's Ah, oh, yes, yes. <clears throat> I quite enjoyed um, the symphonies. Yeah. I don't listen to classical <laughs> as much as I probably should. It's sort of, you're on a bell-shaped curve of stuff you listen to. Nothing new, nothing very old. Well, the only thing... 75 to 95. The only thing... No, I don't like the 70s. The only thing that's new that I listen to are 
new records from people that I've been listening to for years. Yes, yeah. I've, I've sort of but found that within myself as well, yeah. But it's not like I haven't tried, you know. Mm. I've, I've sought out other music. I even posted that post some weeks ago about trying to find some Swedish music. Because I love the Swedes. Oh, I didn't know there was that post. I'll have to look it up. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, no. Well, I said something like... Um, when I was growing up, um, in addition to um, Madonna, I listened a lot to Ace of Base and Aqua and um, the A-Teens. Aqua was the so, Well, same difference. <laughs> Fucking... Um, so I was like, maybe I should go back to the Swedish... Well... Could somebody yes. recommend me some Swedish Scandinavians? That is in English. I didn't really get any very many good. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> I did want to. I uh, just consider uh, um, seeing this redone. Um, because uh, I only know the gay community, I was thinking, I wonder if you could do it with uh, Sigourney Weaver's character being a man. Well, she says... Um, oh, no, never mind. Um, Obviously not have <laughs> vaginal references. But no, 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 no. Um... um Evidently, um, Roman Polanski would just randomly fire a gun on set to keep tension up. Oh, so he took a page from William Friedkin's book, did he? Ah, what did he do that for? Uh, for The Exorcist. The exorcist. Ah, okay. I find it a bit funny how uh, both the uh, very British actors had to speak in American accents. I know, and this is supposed to be set in South Africa. <laughs> No, South America. Oh, was it? I thought it was South yeah. Africa. No, like, it just as a country in South America, but a lot of people reckon it. it's Chile. It's like... And also because you see a bit of Chilean currency when just handling money later. Earlier, sorry. But just look who I've gotten to be his attorney. One of the most talented in the nation. A future minister of justice only I have been that well oh, I would really, really like to see this on stage with a very seasoned actor. Yeah. That would be, yes. Uh, that would be good. good. Not some community theater <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> no, well... <laughs> 
keep disregarding mine. But, like, the worst thing about mine is they were very good actors and everything, but they were, I found them far too young for the roles they were playing. Well, that was the same thing with, I mean, because Bug was originally a play. Um, yes. And I, I found some scenes from Sage Productions on YouTube, and they had, like, college-age actors um, playing Ashley Judd and Michael Shannon's roles, and it was not good. Yeah. I mean, it is... Uh, I, I feel that uh, <laughs> it would be good to practice with that, but I wouldn't put it up um, as a play. Because I do feel that, you know, just because you're young doesn't mean you shouldn't then have access to these lines to rehearse and learn, but not show an audience, <laughs> basically. Well, I mean, if you're studying theatre... Um, you know, you do get scenes and scene partners and, you know, you put on the scene in front of the class and the teacher and, mm. um, they tell you or the teacher tells you how to emote properly or what your character is supposed to be feeling in this specific scene. You know, obviously these actors went to my high school and had my teacher as a director. I agree. So louder means better. <laughs> well, that was the first thing I learned, I told you, in drama in high school. That you have to play to the balcony. Yes. Like and a drag queen. Was, <laughs> and the second thing was never to, never turn your back to the audience. And then later you're told, there are exceptions. <laughs> I'm not. You will. You make this great. I, I like that little, I'm not. Oh. 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 It was probably the best scene in a really, really, really terrible movie that I would love to do a commentary for. Um, but it's called it's called the coroner, and it's really it's really bad. Um, but the uh, it's about a a coroner who is also a, a a serial killer, and his thing is he well it's. It would have been a better movie had it been done by people who knew what they were doing. Because yeah. the script is actually not that bad. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, um, so the coroner is a serial killer who does the autopsies on his own murders, and that's why he's never been caught. But he also t targets women who have attempted suicide but survived. Um so he sees himself as a godlike figure um, and is taking those who should have died. Um, and he tells this to the main girl. And while he has her locked up in the basement, and she has a line very similar to Sigourney Weaver's line, and it's, I'm going to try to quote it. Um, 
I forget the beginning of it, but she says, and you see yourself as some kind of a god. Well, you're only a god in here, out there in the real world. You're nothing but another crazy fuck. <laughs> and it reminded me so much of Sigourney's line, only not as good. And in addition, I Fourteen separate occasions, each time playing Schubert's death and the maiden on a wobbly turntable over cheap speakers. It's very specific. I love that. Yes. How she remembers so much. Yes. That it was. Yeah. A wobbly turntable yeah. over cheap speakers. When was this? When was I supposed to have done? In 1977. I wasn't even in the country. And she would know. She would know that the turntable was wobbly because she would hear it wobbling. Yeah, she would know the original and uh, the the glitches that it has in it. Mm. The crackle of the speaker. Is it? Yes. Because I once bought a second-hand vinyl of Grease. And that was wobbling. <laughs> so you can hear it go <laughs> at certain points. I went through a grease phase. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I used to listen to the soundtrack all the time. I was in high school. Oh, well, it was re it was popular again at one stage. Not that it ever lost popularity, but it was. I, I feel like there was a moment where its popularity came back. Mm. Pro well, probably because of like the twentieth um, anniversary or something. Yeah, because I know it was like in the nineties. Yes, yeah. And they had the um, yeah, they had that mashup song that was I think number one for a while. Where you know it starts with um, you know, we go together, and then it ends on summer night. You know, it's got a few things in the middle. Yeah. Um, did you ever watch that? It was um, an elimination show <clears throat> that came on like in the early to mid aughts for the new cast of the Broadway because they were bringing Grace back to Broadway. Yeah, no, and they no. were auditioning. They were auditioning actors. Um, um, I watched it. Um, it, it was, a, it was okay. But the only thing that I remember about it was there was a couple, a male-female couple, who were both actors and were both auditioning. And the guy got through to the second, or to the next level, and... The girlfriend was so jealous and so pissed, she left him. Yeah. Then and there. And everybody was like, what the fuck? Everybody was so confused. It's like, is she really doing this? Because yeah. the producers were trying to get an interview with her, and there's just, like, footage of her walking in the streets in New York, like, hiding, trying to get away. Yeah. It's like, what is wrong with you? How small could you possibly fucking yeah. be? How dare you do better than me? 
That's exactly what it was. God. And if if it was the other way around, he would be. You know, he would have to be the supporting boyfriend. He would have to. God. And that shows how much she respected his abilities. Because mm. I'm sure she thought of of the both of them, she would be the one going ahead, not him. Yeah, she probably thought that she had more talent and that she would be the one who succeeded and she didn't like that she was wrong. Isn't it true that five years ago in the Tavelli Cafe you heard the voice of a man who you recognized as the... Reminded me I never said it was... Did I ever tell you what the unesthetically pleasing one said to me? Are you saying that correctly? Is it supposed to be aesthetically unpleasing? Or is unesthetic a word? I don't know. (laughs) Well, Catherine came out and you can use that as a word. Well, I make up words all the time. Um... But, yeah, um, did I ever tell you about the short that I wrote? I think I did. Um, I wrote, I I wrote, like, I don't know, like a 10-minute short film that I wanted, that was a two-character thing, um, that I wrote for the two of us to do, and I was going to film it with my camcorder. And, you know, I, I kept wanting to read the script and rehearse it and he kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and finally I was like what the fuck is the deal man and um he I don't remember exactly what the wording was but in a nutshell he said that he thought he was kind of above this. And he thought that what I was doing with writing the script and trying to make a short film was, quote, making a mockery of his craft. What a... (laughs) Fuck it. Was he the one that wanted to do an extra for? No, I tried to get him to do the to do that yeah, for yeah. Poultry Guys. Yes, yeah. I've noticed. <laughs> sorry, with with you and your artistic exes, they're not very. Um, well, there was only the one. No, there was the one that you wanted a painting out of. Oh yeah, like they're not very um, uh, charitable with their uh, quote unquote abilities. <laughs> like I think they're better than. No, well I don't know. I don't know what the deal with the painter was. Um, I really don't know what that what that was about because. He 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 was charitable with his gifts with everyone except me. Yeah. Um and I had made it clear many times how much I admired his skill and I thought he was a, a wonderful artist. Um and I wanted him very much to share his gift with me. And apparently I wasn't worth that. Um, 
you're gifted but with, enough. With, uh, with the other one, it was like, um, I got the feeling like when it came to any kind of acting or performing or theater or whatever, it was something, it was his lane. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I was not to cross over at all. Um, and like, even if I was um, trying to like do like um, do some kind of like performance, even like as a joke. Like if I was like doing, if I was like, if I was telling a joke and I was doing, I was being theatrical. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He wouldn't like, give yeah. me this. He wouldn't give me the satisfaction of laughing. Yeah, like he would just give me a very stoic response. Yeah. Um, and we did do we did do a short. It was stupid that it was like a scream thing that we just improvised. And I thought it came out funny because I was in drag. And I was overacting the whole thing. I wasn't yeah. taking it seriously. I was just having fun. And when we watched it, he didn't laugh once. Yeah. It was just like, you know, stone-faced the whole time. And there was this... I used to try to do either a German accent. I think it was a German accent that I used to try to do. Um... Just playing around, um, and I said, like, I gave myself some this character named might have been Russian because my character's name was Olaf, and I used to play Olaf sometime and do this stupid accent, and never, never, not once did he laugh or encourage it in any way, and I said to him as a joke, I remember this. Oh, you're just jealous because I can do a Russian accent better than you. And he said totally seriously, no, you really can't. Okay. Don't tell me, show me. <laughs> well, I think he took that, that one... Uh, uh, um, what do you call it? I think he took that one to heart because he studied for a semester in Russia at like a very uh, at a Russian very uh, like a, I don't know if it was very prestigious Russian theater, but it was but he went to Russia, so like but he went to Russia, he did. And I met I met him like not long after he had come back. And for like months, he kept saying fucking Russian words and like thank you in Russian. And I was like, all right, enough. To, to people who went Russian. To, yeah. Yeah. To me. And it was like, all right, I don't even know what that means. What are you saying? Yeah. What, um,. Was Roman trying to do with the blood on the face? Like uh, you were saying that he was quite well. Precise. It was seven day. It was seven days from when they um, when he starts bleeding started through, shooting yeah. that that sequence where yeah, yeah. Um, it was going to be seven days where he had to have that blood 
exactly. drip. Yep, yep. Exact, and for the he wanted the continuity to be perfect. Yeah. So, um, he would match uh, it to a according to of, yeah, yeah. According to Ben, you know, with things like that, um, like people, people in general knew when to back off, and to, and that he knew what he was doing, yeah. um, or that he knew better. Um, so like when the ma the makeup artist didn't take offense to it or anything, and the makeup artist just stepped back and let him do it, yeah, because he had a specific way that he wanted it done, and the makeup artist didn't want to fuck with it. So, oh, what happened to Roberto? We're not friends anymore. Are you aware the secret police used doctors as consultants in their torture sessions? Everybody knows. The Association denounced it. He uh, kind of reminds me a little bit, the husband, um, of uh, Patrick Bergen. Oh, what's... Oh, uh, from Sleeping with the Enemy. Yeah. Yep, yep. That's just the mo. Ugh, just watching that blood going into his eye, it's like, <laughs> disgusting. Cause... I'm sure it probably burns. Yeah, it's not a biological, like, as in... Well, that, a lot, that, uh, the, um, the stage blood, if you get, like, you know, stage blood for small things like that, not like, you know, go, like splatter movies where they need buckets, but if you get, like, regular stage blood, it's made so that it can be ingested yeah like i'm because, sure it's like toxic or anything but just it just well it's <laughs> it's made so that it can be ingested because like if you have like a um if you have like a uh uh what do you call it a uh like a pill that you gotta yeah, bite yeah yeah so um so they generally make it um like minty so oh, okay yeah i would i would assume if it's mint it would you burn. wouldn't want that in your eye yeah no <laughs> Uh, apparently, because I did a first aid course, <laughs> like one of the things that you're taught is like if someone, say, for instance, get a, gets a stick in the eye, um, which is I just find disgusting thinking about it. Um, it's best to actually uh, bandage up both eyes because um, um, your eyes work in tandem. So you know, if your one eye's able to see stuff, it will still keep moving around like normal, and that will cause mm. the other eye to move around, like, so. That makes sense. But the hard thing is that people don't like to be blindfolded, <laughs> so, like, it's... it's, it's yeah, kind of I like can a, understand why. ...a catch-22 of, do you let them see so that they're not scared, or do you... But in doing so, it means that they can worsen the, the worse eye. I'm not. I admire you. I admire her. I remember that one movie that came out in like the early nineties. I don't remember what it was. I think it was a John Candy movie. But it was um it taught me and like pretty much the rest of the world that 
if you're bitten by a snake, the best thing to do is to suck the poison out. Have somebody else suck it out. Yeah, if the venom. Yeah. I wasn't like the, I think it was like the great outdoors or something. Oh, okay. Yep, 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 yep. Which is not the case. <laughs> or at least not. No, yeah. It's not the case. You shouldn't. Oh, you shouldn't? Nah. What do you do? You just let it course through your veins and die? Well, uh, with Australian snakes, I don't know about the other ones, but. Um... Oh, well. <laughs> you got turbo snakes. Yeah, so, quite dangerous. I mean, your snakes are on fucking steroids. <laughs> it's because we didn't cut the foreskin off. Um, there you go. The the neurotoxic, I think was the term. They don't go through the bloodstream. They go through the muscle. Something, something like that. But basically, um, you need to tie up whatever limb is semi-tight. And then cut it off. Not let them move. Uh, have them relax and then uh, um, get get help and then they get treated with an anti-venom. Um, yeah, because if, if you're moving, then that will pump the uh, toxin towards the heart and then that's where it will get you. <laughs> We've got quite a dangerous uh, octopus here that can kill you oh. quickly. <laughs> but evidently that's all along like, the Pacific. You can find them in Japan. You know, they're not that was another entirely good line. here. Hmm? That was another good line. Do you have to go wee-wee or is there something more substantial in you? Um, it's like... There are things here that can um, probably get you hospitalized or send you to the emergency room um, and then get an antibiotic and have you on your way within an hour or so. But over there, it's like extra, extra, extra strength and you need quadruple the dosage and you probably need to stay in hospice care for upwards of months because everything is so deadly and evil. In Australia? In Australia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, not hospice care, but hospital. <laughs> well, no, I did mean hospice. I did mean hospice because you're probably going to die. Yeah, yeah. Might as well. I was getting memories of uh, the loved ones where it's like, I need to do a weekend. <laughs> oh, he's crying. You know what they, they try a lot in this movie to make you feel sorry for him. Mm. But because of her conviction, yes. I don't think you do. Yeah. You really don't. And I'm glad the ending is the ending. Like, um, like I would have hated it had it been that he wasn't the person. Yeah. I think that but, would have ruined everything about what happened in the it, movie. I think the husband 
says because it's it's with this story and what she's doing um and the way everything plays out um i think it's the husband who says it it's is this about justice or is this about revenge and it's that's a very fine line Mm. in the movie because it's like you really don't know if that if she wants justice or if she wants revenge yeah uh which i um and i think the fact that he spoiler alert gets to live in the end is that it was for justice it was just for her justice was getting him to admit his crimes yeah not necessarily for him to die or go to jail but to admit i did this to you and i think that that happens through the course of it uh her growth is that it goes from revenge to justice I think that's yeah, because I think revenge is initially yeah. what she's what she yeah. yeah revenge is definitely what she was thinking initially because she was plotting to kill him yeah because uh, like, with yeah. the car and the shit and yeah yeah everything's still out the lights are still out so probably the roads see I think uh, what uh, the husband he reminds me uh, I think I find it hard. Um, he reminds you of someone I imagine being fatter. That's probably all I can't imagine. <laughs> like, uh. Sir, I mean, I'm quite safe here. Why don't you send your men to my apartment in the city? I'm going to be there on Sunday night. You know how some people, like, they've got a fat face regardless of how trim they are? Yes. It's like we got a problem. I'm trying to think. There was another movie that had a similar... Oh. Um, I don't think it was... This... I think there was an actual movie where um, it was like an uh, something was happening over the course of a night and they had to get something accomplished by a certain time because either the police or somebody was going to be there. But the only thing that I can think of is um, the episode of Tales from the Crypt with the killer Santa Claus um, because... Um, the wife had planned on disposing the body of her husband down the well outside their house, but she didn't get to do it because she meets the killer Santa. And so the husband's lying outside the house. And she gets a phone call from the police saying that because there's an escaped lunatic on the loose, we're going to have a patrolman in your area in about 20 minutes. Yes. Why don't you use the phone? Um, but I know there is something else. Yeah, it's something very familiar. And I'm, uh, I'm struggling to remember. Um, I couldn't. 
Nevertheless. <laughs> I won't let it bother me. No, I'll remember it some stage later. You generally do. And yes. then you send me a message. <laughs> that one. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if remorse was really what she wanted. I just think an admittance of guilt. Yeah. Especially, yeah, with how much covering up has been happening with everyone else. That's yeah. And he had his alibi and shit. Um, like, I think that if there had been some guilty verdicts, she would be feeling, like, before this night, she would be feeling some relief that people are being put accountable. You know, and I love how how smart she is that she's able to see through the mechanics of his confession um, and that he's purposely slipping up uh, and stumbling over his words and talking in a very... uh, and talking in a monotone. And she's able to see through all of that. So... Um, and not knowing to feed the husband lies because that she knew that he yeah would give it to yeah because she knew that he would yeah he knew she knew that he would yeah. tell him. but um but what I'm trying to say is it annoys me when people say critics say that there really aren't very many good characters uh, female characters or characters written for women. Um, I think this is a prime example of a very, very strong female character. And um, I don't know if it was... I was looking at the, uh, the Wikipedia. I don't know if it was Ebert who actually liked the movie. Um, but I think it was a, a, a uh, excerpt from his review that said um, this it, basically the movie could have gone off the rails had it not been for Roman Polanski's direction okay it could have been a slog yeah I mean I think yeah there they could have been actors or actresses that overacted and that would have made it um uh, not camp, but like uh, not uh, attain- like out of this realm. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I don't think that she would have done, or I don't think she would have fared poorly at all. But it, I, I think there's probably a good chance that she might not have given an. As, as strong a performance but this is definitely her role specifically a role that if it was given to the wrong person it would have they could have chewed the scenery yeah it. yeah and it would have been painful um, I was reading that it was uh, for consideration was Angelica Houston and Jack Nicholson ooh she would have been good. Um, the one that I, the other one that I read was uh, Judy Davis, Stephen Reeves, and Sam Neill, and I thought that would have been an interesting. Who was trio. the other woman? 
I'm not sure if I'm mispronouncing his middle name. Uh, Stefan, his last name, sorry. Stefan Rea? R-E-A? I don't know who that is, but didn't you say somebody else besides Angela? Ju- Judy Davis. Who's, oh, from, oh God. The only movie I know her from is The Ref, and that's pathetic. Oh, <laughs> I love The Ref. That's one of my favorite movies. Um, she, she did a few Woody Allen, I reckon. And she played Judy Garland in a TV movie that was well regarded. Me and my shadow, I reckon. <laughs> I don't. She's an Aussie. I don't remember. I don't remember that. Oh, is she? Yeah, uh, from Western Actually, Australia, I reckon. I'd made the pickup on the corner of Huerfanas near the bookstore. I heard them get out of a car behind. Like you'd need uh, definitely uh, stage actors for this type of movie, regardless of it being a movie. I think that people who know play work are the ones to have used. <laughs> So that's why I feel like uh, Sigourney has been in theatre. I have that feeling. I didn't resist. Mm. Sometimes I wake up it's in the possible. Night and I get so angry I, I want to hit myself. Oh. I just had the best idea ever. This should be remade. You were supposed to told and if they come for you, yell your name, you know. As Pauline, Paulina, are you ready for this? I don't, I don't know if you can handle it. Kylie Minogue. <laughs> no. Who? Tony Collette. I wanted to see the future. Ah. I wanted to be there to enjoy my. I think she could handle the role. I wanted to live for that glorious day when I would once again rejoin the man I love. I think she would do wonderfully. She is in a movie that's coming out soon at the cinema. She's always in a movie that's coming out. <laughs> something about mob or mafia, you know, it was something like that. Mafia mother, I was like, I don't know. Um, she's definitely an actress who loves to work. Yes. Um, which could be a, a hindrance at times because sometimes she doesn't know when to say no. <laughs> and she ends up being the best thing in the movie at times. Well, at least, yeah. Uh, that can be a good thing. Although here, uh, in regards to, um, Gandhi's guilt when he's questioning some of the stuff the husband's feeding. Height of bargain. Mm-hmm. Because it goes rope, like knowing, or, or whatever, knowing that it's the wrong... Need someone they could trust to care for them. Why did they want to keep us alive? <laughs> I want the truth. That's all I want. I remember at one stage, uh, I think it was the Sony camcorder, it had like a, a night vision... Um, function but they found that it could show uh, like underclothing as in <laughs> in certain times so like it was so it was like x-ray yeah, x-ray of. vision yeah. wow 
so it was changed for the next <laughs> release. <laughs> wow. It's so clear what he's doing. Yeah. Like, making it so scripted. It's like a hostage. Yes. A hostage video. It was like, um... <laughs> it was like Will Smith's video that he posted oh, after the slap. <laughs> People were calling that a hostage video. Yeah. I was actually was thinking so about that mechanical. earlier in the in the movie when <laughs> when uh, uh, um, Sigourney's on the floor and uh, Gandhi. I'm gonna keep calling him Gandhi. Um, says, you could just husband, call him the doctor. Stood, he stood there and did nothing, and I was thinking just like the Will Slip crowd, <laughs> the Will Smith crowd. Mm. <laughs> Doctor Miranda. Yeah, I need it. Or the doctor, the doctor, or Ben. I'll, I'll, I'll take any of the above. What the fuck's the husband's name? Stuart? Or no, the actor's name is Stuart. Um, I don't remember. She had been severely beaten on her back and thighs. Electric sharks on her torso and genitals. I convinced them that she would die if the torture and starvation continued. I asked them to leave me alone with her so I could gain her trust. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, this, this was before I had issues with my vision. Um, but something I could never do, I don't know why, but I could never read something and keep looking up. At the audience, okay. I could never do that because I could never. I always for, would forget where I was. Yeah. So, so if you, ever I had to, to read, read something, with your head down the whole time. Yeah. Yes. So if ever I had to read something in front of the class or something, my head would be down the whole time. And you're taught, like in elementary school, that you're supposed to lift your head every few seconds to yeah look at the audience. I am. Um, uh, something that I found later in life. But it still came in handy because, like, I'd have to give speeches at uni and stuff. I wasn't very good at um, uh, giving speeches through notes. I used to have to just write out the whole thing and basically read it, but not well enough where I didn't, where it didn't look like I was reading. But um, what I found is that uh, I needed to actually um, have the font at a fairly large uh, size and then that way I could glance down and sort of not lose where I am but have the sentence in front of me so. anyway I'm trailing off with this book and the story's boring me <laughs> were you when you were in school in like grade school did you ever do that thing like in English class or whatever, if you were reading uh, from a textbook or from a novel or something where 
uh, you would go down the row and each kid would do a paragraph. Yeah. Yes. Um, we used to do that all the time and it would get to a point where we had gone through everybody and the teacher would be like, does anybody else want to, does anybody want to volunteer? I always raised my hand. Oh, okay. I used to love, I used to love doing that for some reason. Yeah. I probably, I probably could have been a fucking audiobook narrator mm. if my vision hadn't gone to shit. I used to do that too, um, by myself because I was an odd child. But if I was in my bedroom and <laughs> if I was in my bedroom and I was just like reading a novel, I would just read aloud to myself. Okay. I think that probably also was the wannabe actor in me too. I actually feel like I used to do that infrequently, but more out of kind of reminding myself because um, I wouldn't speak much. Like it would sort of become unnatural when I would speak. So I, I would sort of start reading stuff out just to sort of reacquaint myself with that ability to talk. Oh, you're such a... You make me fucking feel like I was normal. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I kind of feel like the play ended sort of around here, like through his confession. Because she says... But I could be wrong. Um, like that. She mentions that she lied about the the rope and that it was that actually wire and how he knew that. And... Um, well, she co-wrote the script with somebody else. Uh, Ariel, whatever her name is. Um, so I wonder how she felt about changing the ending. Yep. But did she do it for the movie? Yeah. Yes, that's what I okay. just said. Oh, isn't the the movie co-writer something like Yagiel? Was that what's that? Somebody some, some like uh, some yeah, some some Spanish name. Yeah. Um um but yeah. I, I, I wonder if it was Roman Polanski who asked her to do that. Yeah. Because, you know, you, if you're adapting a play for the screen, you obviously have to make some changes. So. Yeah. And with a play, you know, um, there are things that like need to be said. Yeah, because you can't show them. Yeah, because you're 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 so restricted. Um, you know, um, I think Mark Nichols directed the play. Oh, we have to do it now. I thought he was like more known for comedies. I don't know. No, oh. no, he he had. Done. Actually, he did Wolf with Jack Nicholson. That was kind of panned. Um, but he, I didn't saw he that do like Silkwood? Didn't he do Silkwood? 
I don't know. He did like he did Angels in America. Um, uh, yeah. Well, he direct he did the the uh, filmed version. I like for Ben Kingsley that he gets to confess. Um, I think that that was one of his best moments in the film. Even though, you know, he's coming out as a monster, it sort of yeah. gives him that depth <laughs> as well. Yeah. I noticed that in um, Australia and... In the UK, um, if you're calling somebody and you're unsure of who it is, you say, is that John? But in America, we say, is this John? Okay, yeah. How do you do that? I'm not sure if we do or don't. <laughs> you don't know what you uh, say yeah, on the I've, phone I've never really, to people? Uh, no, I'm trying to think. If I don't know who it is, I'd say, who is this? <laughs> no, um, no, I'd say this. If you call, say, no, it, you this, can't do that. Is this Adam? If you call, if you call somebody you can't, and, they, and you don't know who picks up, you can't say, who is this? No, like let's say I'm calling work and we have different... Um, uh, people at the front desk. I might say, oh, uh, yeah, I'd say this as opposed to that. So you would say, is this Jacqueline? Yes. I feel, uh, I don't think she took it badly, but like, uh, I have to email someone at work and she was telling me her email address. And so it's Jessica T. Said T for tarantula, because <laughs> sometimes I just say the random word that comes there. Why, 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 why do you think she might have taken it badly? Well, if, if she, she didn't say is no. T is in titty, no, you're like <laughs> because tarantulas are ugly and hairy. Yes, and you think They're that venomous. you were saying like that she she's ugly related. and hairy. Yeah, she might take it to heart. She probably. When you walked away, she probably was like, "Oh God, did I forget to shave my legs?" <laughs> well, it was on the phone. That's why I was. <laughs> well, T is usually Tom. Well, for me, T is usually Thomas. But um, when you do the military, it's the mil- tango. Or, yeah, it's tango. They have always, that, their whole um, set. We in Australia, we had a wheel of fortune. And I see in America, you still have it. But with the letters, um, I don't know if it's new, but in, in America, you know, you just go T and then they go T. Whereas in Australia, we'd do like uh, M for Michael. You know, we'd actually say, <laughs> and they'd always say N for Nelly, which I never knew. No, here they emphasize the, they just say the, the letter. letter. Like really... F. They put well if it's if it's like M or N, 
um, they really have to put emphasis on it. Yes. Um, Whereas they just, yeah. But yeah, it's still it's still on here, and I don't know how much longer because Pat Sajak is clearly <laughs> he's not happy. And Vanna seems very pleasant. Um, well, of course she is. She has the fucking easiest job in the world. <laughs> All she has to do is walk back and forth, tap a screen, and look pretty. Yeah, like I think she and worked, clap, I think they work like three long. hours a week or something. It's something quite. <laughs> well, they do. I don't know if they do. If they well with with game well mm, with game shows, I don't know if they do. Well, they do general generally three in the morning and two in the afternoon. Um, but I don't know if they just uh, shoot um, once per week. Or uh, if it's like a uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday type thing, I don't know. Um, I know when Ju- when Judge Judy did her original show, I don't know what she's doing for the um, Amazon one. Um, she lived primarily in New York, and she had a house. Or she probably has a house in Los Angeles. And they would jet her there for like um, 14 days out of a month. Yeah. And then she would jet back. Yeah. She was like fly in, fly out. Yeah. Well, I'm sure she would stay because, you know, a little while. But I don't think she likes California that much, or the West Coast, because she also she also has a house in Florida. Oh, okay, yep, yep. This makes me uncomfortable. No, I I I find this whole um um like I feel like you're seeing him just vent and like so happy to get it out of out of himself. Like he, uh, in the acting, it's he's got this real arc of uh, you know, patheticness to aggressiveness to sexuality. Yeah, just I feel like you're really seeing him relive it from that timid shyness at the beginning to like becoming an aggressive predator, and then. As someone who really relishes having power over someone. Yeah, yeah, you see him get like licking his lips as he's describing it, type of thing. It was. I know we're not talking about real people, but it would probably be something like he had always been very passive. Yes, in yes. his life, and this was the first time that he had ever had any control over somebody, or over, <laughs> or had such control over a situation. Like I think that that's <laughs> sorry, I'm just cackling even thinking about it. I think that's what Eli was trying to do at the end of Hostel Two. <laughs> like when he had that passive guy suddenly get all like 
aggressive, but he that didn't work at all. <laughs> There's so much about Hostel too that did not work. <laughs> and people like that one. That's their favorite for some reason. I don't no, know. well, I think of the three, uh, that was probably the one I'd liked the best but in saying that I'm still not really giving it a good review or anything of the three yeah I would say the first mm, okay and I don't even though I don't think it's a good well mm, I just love it's Heather. not without its merits I will say yeah it's not a poorly made movie it's not a well written movie some of the acting is decent Jay Hernandez, I think, does well. I really like the scene, um, and I probably said this in my commentary for it, but I really like the scene where he's tied to the chair and he's trying to get some compassion from the guy who's going to kill him, and he has that whole monologue in um, Dutch. Ah, Dutch, sorry, yep. And I don't know from Dutch, but that sounded pretty good to me. So it, I, I would assume he rehearsed it um, quite uh, heavily. Now she can sit through and listen to the music. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't belong to Penny. She has her Schubert back. Yep, she has Schubert back. That's the thing. I don't... Well, mm. Okay, well, I was going to... Let me finish my thought first. I was going to say, I never... I don't really think I had such a close association with, like, a movie or a song or something uh, 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 some sort of media with another person that 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 was so strong where I couldn't listen to it or watch it without thinking of them so I had to completely Mm. eliminate it um but um the first guy I was in a relationship with he was like the first guy that I realized I had loving because I knew I always had an attraction toward the same sex but this was the first time I I had loving Love, feelings yeah, yeah. Um, he was um, gifted a CD that he already had and so he took it back to the store to get something else and they didn't really have anything that he wanted so he bought the movie return of the living dead on vhs okay and he didn't really like it and at that time this was when it was out of print and it was kind of hard to find and i really wanted it and he so he gave it to me um and then i i couldn't watch it for several years after that. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm really not that big of a fan of the movie. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's okay, but I don't, I, I, 
I think that I thought he ruined it for me much more than he actually did. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. I mean, and considering it wasn't really a move that you had that much attachment to anyway. No, I'd seen it maybe once before. Yeah. Or even if that, I think I because I know I I remember seeing the second one. Yeah. So do you have any Schubert? Have you ever listened to it on to him no, on Spotify? No, I no. No. I think you should. No, the only. Um... I do like like listening to classical music. Um, I do have Krauss, I think, who I bought. Um, It's one starting with K, because when I was building my repertoire of music, I decided to get a classical for K. Um, No, but I used to listen to... We used to have... uh, We still do do have a classical station that I would sometimes listen to. But I find I cannot fall asleep to it. no, I can't. Uh, a lot of people like to listen to it uh, while they're writing. Okay, I can't. Con- I can't concentrate. Yeah. Um, I think for me, um, my creative heartbeat is faster. So, if I want to be motivated, I need to listen to more uh, at a higher BPM. I can't listen to anything. Yeah. I can't have any background noise. Like, I can't have words. I won't listen to something with words. No, you're not supposed to. No. Um, I don't know how the fuck Stephen King writes, because he only listens to hard rock at top volume when he's writing. Okay. Some people but like that. That's kind of like what, you know, uh, that's his tempo, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hard and fast, baby. Like, <laughs> I remember I would, uh, back when I was clubbing days, uh, we had the the main, main dance floor area, and we had an area called Kitchen where they would play really like trance and uh, um, really heavy uh, dance. And I would feel so relaxed there I could almost fall asleep that was sort of <laughs> so I wouldn't tend to go in there they have um, uh, music for focus and concentration and it's kind of like that on, yeah. on YouTube you can get like um, 11 hours of it um, and some people use it to sleep as well yeah it's and it's not really music it's more like soft soothing sounds okay um but at a high beat i think it depends i wish that the gay club i used to go to had that where you would have different rooms for different kinds of music because it always used to fucking annoy me because um it was the the bar was open downstairs yeah 
all night and the club would open upstairs at 10 and the bar was usually where people would play do karaoke and um the club was obviously where people would dance and shit and it always started with dance music and it would always at to 11 30 it was always 11 30 on the fucking dot <laughs> and then it would switch over to rap and r&b yep yep and mm. i remember when i at the time that i used to go i always knew the dance portion of the evening was over yeah. because it the rap and r&b portion always started with the same fucking nelly song <laughs> Ah, uh, okay. Not hot in here. No, I don't think so. Yeah. That would be jarring. Um, because, like, yeah, I know that... Uh, I think uh, it was the one that used to go, Andale, Andale. Oh, okay. Uh-oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, but, like, what I'm saying is, because I find, uh, like... EI, or is it EI? Yeah, I don't that's the know. one. Um... We have a dance club called Red Square, which plays the more R&B-ish. Um, but yeah, I find it, uh, to go from dance to R&B um, would, yeah, would throw me off. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, the fucking crowd is moving all crazy. Everybody's thrashing. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> we got to take it down. Yes. We got to take it down. Like, and I don't mind like, an R&B uh, uh, remix, <laughs> but <laughs> to go... <laughs> I would always try to bring it back. I would yeah, go yeah. up to the DJ and, like, request Madonna or something. Yeah. Um, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> or, I would get people, or I would get people I was with to go and request dance music. <laughs> I'd be uh, like, go fucking play, uh, ask them to play Aqua. Uh, I wanted to hear Roses Are Red once because that was my jam. Oh my god! <laughs> um, I was obsessed with that fucking song, and they did not have it, and I was very upset. Yes. You remember the days when, like, you would go to a club and they did not have a song? Remember that, that was oh, yeah, possible. Before, before Spotify, yes. Before <laughs> Spotify they, they or had to iTunes, bring in the whole big. <laughs> Like suitcase of music, they had to have get milk crates filled mm. with records. Mm. They had to unload a trunk and then load that shit back. They had to go home. Yes, we we had a good. I used to like my club, but uh, that's since closed down. Also, the Mars Bar. I didn't. I didn't really like the club that I went to, really. Not really. Well, there were two. Well, mm, there was the there were three actually. Um there was there's one I believe it's still there called Woody's that I did not like at all <laughs> because that was the one where all the queenie bitches went. Yeah. At least in my day when I went and you know, um, you would be like scrutinized and shit <laughs> if you didn't look a certain way. Um, 
And then there was the one that I went to primarily, and then there was the other one that I used to go to with the hot bartender. Oh, who used okay. to let me feel him up. <laughs> you slut. <laughs> he let me do it, and I asked. Don't be a fucking you. hot bodybuilder bartender if you don't want to get felt, felt up. At a gay bar, really? At a gay bar. Yes. How often do you see that, though? A fucking hot bodybuilder bartender at a gay bar. Yeah. Um, very, as very. a more, uh, not twinky, but they, they weren't, they, they were nicely bodied, but everyone, yeah, everyone was quite lovely. <laughs> I've, got, I've got no, uh, no complaints about my times back in the, yeah. but this, and this, this bartender was all fucking man. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was nothing. There was no min, nothing mincy or Nelly about him at all. He was a man. He was a man's man. He was a man's man, and he even came to work one night wearing um, an, a Philadelphia Eagles jersey. Just to show you Football. how bulky he is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I listened to these. Uh, uh, no, I don't know if he was gay. I don't know if he was gay. I really yeah. don't. My friend, the friend that I used to go, friend I used to go with, she said that she overheard him saying that he was bi, but I don't know if I believe that. Uh, when they say they're bi, they're gay. Well, she also wasn't a reliable source. Yeah. Um, because I heard him talk about a woman, um, and I believe my ears, because I I know for a fact she definitely told me that somebody had said things and things were said that were not, or things happened that did not happen, either because she was trying to liven up the evening or she had a few too many, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think... The whole, um, 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 handsy portion of the evening probably had something to do with the tip. <laughs> it was slutting out for a bit more money in the, in the tin. Yeah. And it wasn't like I was grabbing his dick or anything. Oh, please. With your eyes. I, you I, ne- I never, I would never do that. <laughs> Well, that was okay. Death and the Maiden. That was <laughs> we, Death we veered and the right Maiden. off track towards the end there. <laughs> yes. Um, but what I was going to say, like, to be all pompous, is um, how originally the song haunted her and now it haunts Ben Kingsley. Like, that look up to the balcony mm. and him, like, being uncomfortable is now she got to reclaim her song and he gets to be reminded of mm. the monster he was. <laughs> That's that's an interesting observation. I like it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. All that dirty touching all over that bartender. <laughs> um, my my only takeaway, because I because I watched it again this afternoon, um, and it was the first time I watched it in a, in a while, um, and it was it was still as good as i remembered it being but 
it was a bit more intense. It's like yeah. I've forgotten how intense it is. Yeah. Um, but like I said at the beginning, I, I, I really don't have anything negative to say about this movie. I just think it's yeah very, very well done. It's a great vehicle. For Sigourney. Yes. All right. <laughs> the men, it's like a, it's kind of good to see the men sort of cast aside at the wayside. It's a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes that's that's a nice she change really of pace. She really dominates the whole room. She does, and she does it well. So good for her. But that's Sigourney for you, really. She's a, mm-hmm. I enjoy her. Well, like Tony Collette or or Meryl Streep or you know one of those another one of those powerhouse actresses, I don't think she, Sigourney Weaver is capable of giving a bad performance. So, mm. all right. Well, um, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank Tony for joining me for Death and the Maiden. This was his choice. And it was one that I was happy to revisit. Oblige. <laughs> again, yes, because I am a longtime fan of this one. Um, so, yeah. Um, did I thank everybody for listening or just think you're crazy ass? No, you can thank him again. <laughs> okay, well, I'll thank everybody for listening. And until next time, this is Brandon Ford wishing you all unpleasant dreams. <laughs>